calling all my Asian squad everywhere. It is time to put a spotlight on our story. Welcome to your dose of inspiration with me, Richard Juan. Today we have a very successful French-Chinese YouTube content creator based in Hong Kong. She's famous for chronicling her life with her multicultural family in her YouTube videos. She's also a two-time TED Talk speaker. Folks, let us all welcome Jay Lu! Hi, Hi! Thanks for having me, Richard. How are you? This is my first podcast. I'm good. How are you? Oh, this is your first ever podcast. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, we're just going to be having a very chill conversation about everything about you, like how you started this whole content creating life and your multicultural background. So first of all, I know you speak five languages, right? Yeah, sort of, I guess. I would say I know five languages, you know, the fluency levels, different for everyone. But my multicultural background has really exposed me to all these languages. So there's, should I list them out? <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, so what's, what are the languages? Let's start with that. Yes. Um, that you're from the most fluent until the least fluent. Okay, I would say English and Cantonese are quite similar. But I do prefer English. Then Mandarin. Um, oh no, yeah, Mandarin. Then French. Then Spanish is like, eh. But I can understand, you know, when I'm watching a show. But if you ask me to speak, I'm like, oh my goodness, like. <laughs> so your dad is French, which is why you speak French fluently. Yeah, but I wouldn't say it's as fluent as my English or Cantonese because I never lived in France, so there is like a limit yeah. to my vocabulary. Um, but yeah, it's because I went to the French school as well, so we took a lot of lessons there. And I had some French friends. Because with my dad, it's always going to be the same kind of conversation, you know? So you can't really... Like, street right. language, I definitely picked it up from friends. Uh, and yeah. So at home, though, what language do you speak at home? Like, English? Because I assume that your mom does not speak French, or does she speak French? She's actually learning. Um, uh, but... Well, both my parents, they actually communicate in broken English. But they have been doing so That's for over cute. 25 years, right? But it's yeah. still... Yeah, so I speak with them in English, but to make things like easier, I speak Cantonese with my mom, because I'm like, I can't get through that mm -hmm. English. <laughs> and then with my dad, right, right. it's also English and sometimes French. So how did your parents meet? And did they, how did they I end know. up in Hong Kong? Did they meet in Hong Kong? Yeah, so my dad actually came to Hong Kong with like barely any money from France when he was 23 because he heard it was a good place for business and he was just like, I'm just going to go for it. Um, and he that was it. He never went back. <laughs> um, he obviously didn't know that at the time. But yeah, he was always telling me that story when I was your age. I was already out. Yeah, so 23, he'd come to Hong right. Kong and then managed to open a company, like a business um, like he wanted to, and my mom was his secretary. <gasps> no, really? I know. And guess what? She, I didn't even find this out until like a year ago. I when I asked her on on camera, it was a Q and A. How did your parents meet? I'm like, I actually want to know because you always say at work. And then my mom said, I was, I was your dad's secretary. I was like, what? Oh my god, that is so cool. That is actually pretty cool. I know, I know. So how is it like growing up in a multicultural household where, I mean, of course, like you said, the language is probably a problem-ish. <laughs> what about everything else? Like, is it, is, it, is, it, is it better, the fact that there's some 
difficulty in communication or is that a bad thing? Like, what would you say? Hmm, I would say that miscommunications and misunderstandings do happen quite often, especially with my mom. And with her, you know, I feel like the Chinese language, it's less expressive, you know, with your feelings. Like, you know, we don't really talk about feelings in, um, probably with her and her um, Chinese family, she didn't talk about feelings. So when it came to me and I wanted to express feelings, but then I couldn't in Cantonese. And then it's just like, I got frustrated. And then she saw the frustration as like rebellion and like, why are you talking back? So I think a lot of misunderstandings did arise from me and my mom being so different. Like, even though we grew, you know, I, I grew up with her, but it's kind of like I went to an international yeah. school. I like watching, you know, American shows. So it's like, I kind of learned from that, you know, seeing families hug and, and talk about feelings. But with my mom, she had a whole different way of operating. So a lot of times, a lot of fights and things did arise from that, I think. But of course, there are so many good things that come from it as well. You know, like, I feel like I'm so sensitive to people because I am aware of such drastic um, differences in culture. So, um, yeah, like, where when I travel to a country, I'm always so sensitive. Like, even when I go to Japan, I make sure to do yeah. kind of like the things they do like you know when they bow a little bit when they say thank you and stuff like that i always make sure and i feel like subconsciously i'm always just doing things that are appropriate to other people i don't know if that makes right. sense yeah. yeah so what about from your dad like i think you know people always say the um france or french people are like the lovers of, of the world or something they're very passionate and very affectionate would you say you got that from your dad or do you think, would you say you're more Asian where you're very reserved and you keep things to yourself and you don't really want to, yeah, like share too much or something? I don't know. I feel like with, I'm very much, much like my mom when like I do take things really, like people kind of sometimes meet me and they think I'm much older than I am and might be because I act more mature or like more serious right. like my mom but i'm definitely more like my dad with the goofiness like my mom is not like that so i think the goofiness in the faces <laughs> i make in my in the characters i have right in my videos is yeah. definitely my dad well i mean i've i've seen a couple of videos where your mom was in it she's kind of goofy like she i think she plays really? a lot really <laughs> well, i think she definitely kind of yeah it was really surprising to me i i thought it was my dad who was going to be wanting to be in my videos and like wanting to like you know perform and stuff um but it was actually my mom who agreed and actually d- did better <laughs> on camera i would say like my dad Whoa. kind of like was more like worried about i guess like um how he was gonna look right whereas my mom was just like mm-hmm. okay whatever which was very surprising <laughs> very very surprising and then yeah as you might know like the video with my mom is not the most viewed on my youtube channel like okay mom you always have to outdo me <laughs> I think it's because people are just so curious about seeing a mixed cultured family, especially the Asian being the reserved one and seeing her being so outgoing and open to the video. I mean, I mean, for me personally, when I first saw it, I was like, wow, your mom is fun. Like, she's not like the strict Asian parent. Like, no, she plays to be the strict Asian parent, but you can see that she's kind of goofy too, which kind of works. What would you say you like most about the Chinese culture, aka from your mom's side? I don't know. I think for me, food is like a big part. I think food really brings people together. Um, and I think Ch- Chinese New Year is part of the culture, right? Money. <laughs> it's yeah. really fun. Yeah. Like the red packets. And like, yeah. And they like 
it's like a gift money is like a gift and you know it, it's almost like yeah i really like um the fact that families get together it's so important for that right like eat tong yun like tong yeah. yun is really important so we got that mid-autumn chinese new year so yeah, it's like so many cute like cultural things that we do correct what about what about the french side of things your dad's side of things what do you like most is it the passionate mm. the loving feels or what is it Definitely how chill they allow themselves to be, right? You know, like the whole cafe, people watching thing. Like living in Hong Kong, people yeah. always so fast paced, and you know everything's about being quick, right, and like efficient. But yeah. when you go to France, like people allow themselves to take a break and just sit and chill, and um, yeah, I think that's really amazing about french people i mean me growing up in hong kong i see how fast-paced everything was everything or or still is i think everyone just keeps working 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 and in france i was there just um a year and a half ago and everyone there was just laid back chill mm. yeah they go to work but eventually they kind of have their own chill time also right i mean i would assume so i assume it's like that i've only been there yeah. once so like my dad say that they work to live rather than live to work, so maybe that's their mentality. So if they take the break, they're gonna take the break because they're here to have fun. <laughs> so what about you? For you, like, how do you come up with ideas? Because all your ideas are pretty much about the Asian and or more like a cultural identity struggle. Like, in fact, when was the first time you felt that, or did you ever really feel that? Oh, 100%. Like, um, I think I felt it since I was a kid being in Hong Kong because, you know, like, they could see um, that I'm Guaymur, so that means, like, like a white girl, I guess. Um, yeah. With my nose, especially, it's, like, really tall. So ever since I was, like, a child, like, random aunties or uncles on the street or, like, just people I'd meet would be like, oh, it means like, oh, your nose is so tall. Like, you know, that's great for you. Yeah. Like, oh, you're going to be, it's so easy. It's going to be so easy for you to find a boyfriend. And so like comments like that made me think like, oh, but, but then the weird part is, you know, I was as fluent as they were in Cantonese and I also, you know, was born yeah. and raised here. So to me, I was just like them, but to them, I was someone foreign and someone who did not grow up here right so and in school and local school so i went to local chinese school first um i definitely felt that the teachers would you know saw me differently um like yeah. english classes they'd pick me to like read all the stuff and then <laughs> i mean i definitely created a bit of imbalance between me and the like st the students at the time i think um how long were you in yeah. the local school for from kindergarten till till um, before I started high school. Wow. Around. Well, I guess that's why your Cantonese must be amazing, yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's a huge part. Super. That's a huge part. Yeah, that played a huge part. So my parents had the plan to put me in local school first so that... Because you can't go the other way around. You can't go to international school and then go to local school. There's no way you can learn Chinese fluently, especially Cantonese, later in life. There's just no way. So yeah, kindergarten, Yeah. Uh, then, lo then primary school. Then when I was 12, I went to international school which one was that it was the french one french international fis yes <laughs> ah you went to fis okay so no because i went to because my story is, is i started in no i started from local school in kindergarten and then i went to singaporean international school and then i mm -hmm. went to canadian international school and then i went to island school 
Um, okay, yeah, I didn't so know that. That's pretty much how. Yeah, I mean, I went to a couple. Not because I got expelled or anything. It's just because I don't know why. <laughs> but Singapore International School never had um, middle school and high school. So then, I after oh. Singapore school, I had to find another school, and Singapore International School was in Wangchokhang area, the Aberdeen area. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to go to somewhere similar to that area because everything was familiar for me. Da 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 da. And Canadian International School was literally just like two blocks away. So that's how I went to Canadian International School. And then after that, I realized that oh my god, Canadian International School. I feel like every, all my friends are leaving after middle school. They're all, they're all going abroad, taking, um, going to like um, another high school. So I was like, you know what? I want to join that bandwagon. I'm gonna leave this school too. Eventually, <laughs> that's where I um, went to Island School, which is an ESF school, which is English School Foundation, a British school. And yeah, hence why. In me, I have a mixed culture of Singaporean. Also, I got some Canadian in me, and then I got some British in me, and of course, the Filipino and Chinese in me. So, totally understand when you're sharing about your yeah. mixed um, culture background and like, oh my god, who am I? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, how did you overcome that? Um, I feel like it just took a moment of like, well, I feel like it didn't bother me so much until. Oh, I want to tell this funny story. Yeah, I was in because um, I went to university in Hong Kong as well, Sing Sing Si Dai Hall. So that's City University. Okay. Um, and my major was translation and interpretation, <laughs> naturally. Um, but yeah. year three, so that's my final year. Um, so that class would was called advanced law translation. So you have to be a year three right. student to be in an an advanced class, right? So I was sat yeah. there, um, my first lesson. And the teacher was like talking for the first five minutes, and like you know had her PowerPoint up, and this was like the huge like a huge lecture hall. So we have different. Obviously, Hong Kong is smaller, so some classrooms were small, but this class was in a big lecture hall. But she, you know, I wasn't even sat that close. I was sat like kind of far away. But um, she stopped mid sentence, pointed at me, and said yeah. in English, um, "Are you in the wrong class?" And I, I'm like, girl, it's it's ten minutes in. Like, I would have to be really stupid, but I was like, no, I was so confused. You know, I, I didn't think that it had anything to do with my face, right? I just thought, I don't know. I really didn't know what I was thinking. And then she goes, really? Could you then read the Chinese on the board then? <laughs> she asked me to prove wow. myself by asking me to read the Chinese on the board, and I was just like, okay, in front of everyone. Hair, like, in front, of, yeah, the whole lecture hall. I was like, okay, then watch me. Oh my god! Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for, it was very. It was like half embarrassing and half like, I guess I was okay. I can prove my skills, even though you judge me based on the way I look that I can't read, you know, Chinese. So yeah, yeah. So I think it was then that it really started to be like okay, especially with the the the, the degree that I was doing. You know, translation. It was very like yeah, like advanced. Trans, um, yeah, interpretation was quite advanced stuff. So, a lot of teachers would see me as like, um, you know, they'd be like worried when they pass me Chinese handouts. I'm like, oh, wow, it's been three years, you know. <laughs> um, so they just judge me off my face. And then when I would yeah. make content like, you know, Asian related content, sometimes I'd get like, oh, like you don't, you can't talk about this stuff. But then when it comes to me dating a white guy, then they'll be like, oh. You're a Chinese girl wanting to date a white guy. This is white worshiping. So I just realized that's when I finally overcame it because I was like, people just choose, pick and choose when they would like to call me white or when they'd like to call me Chinese up when it suits them to say something, yeah, you know, mean. Yeah, their agenda. So, on what, oh. Exactly. 
So that's when I was just like, there's no pleasing anyone. And at the end of the day, I don't feel 50% anything. I don't feel 50% white, 50% um, Asian. I just feel like me because both my parents just, you know, both of their identities and their cultures mixed into me. Yeah. And I just feel like me. So I'm 100% Hong Kong Chinese and I'm 100% French. That's how I feel. That's that's a good way to put it. And do you do you think the world is now more accepting to people with diverse backgrounds like you right now, or do you still um, think that there's still like, some way to go? I feel like definitely more and more like there are so many more people mixed cultures people now nowadays, right? Um, so people are learning more, and I still get like sometimes like when I like when I remember when I traveled to New Zealand like two years ago. There would be people who said, oh, I've never heard of the word Eurasian or I've never heard of, you know, they would be like, um, but then you're, you're allowed to have a French passport, but you look kind of Chinese, you know, like I'd still get comments like this. So I feel like it depends where you're in the world. I feel like in Hong Kong, such an international mixed pot. Yes, people are quite accepting, but maybe countries where um, there aren't so many cultures, then there could be still some... Uh, you know, some more improvement. How to say? Some, <laughs> yeah, there, there, I would there say it depends. Room for improvement, yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's always going to be different people with different opinions, right? So I can't really like yeah. stereotype a place, but yeah. I mean, honestly, like if, if we're looking at the mainstream media, when I say mainstream, like Hollywood and stuff, you can see that there's more representation happening right now. And oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that there are a lot of bigger, you know, like crazy rich Asian and, uh, and of course the whole korean wave have, have yes. i guess put asians on the spotlight right now especially this podcast aims to do that too so yeah right? i mean it's great <laughs> that there's this podcast like and i feel like there's quite there's more and more of these right highlighting asians and i feel like when crazy rich asians came out, i remember just feeling like wow this is insane am i seeing this right like full asian cast and it became so popular and now I look back i'm like oh yeah it's just you know, it's normal for me to see, you know, like, call me, like, uh, always be my maybe. When you see movies with a full yeah. Asian cast right now, it feels more, like, not so surprising. And that means that we've, like, done it. Like, it feels like it's more mainstream and normal to see Asian faces mm-hmm. on the screen. Yeah, definitely. So what is your biggest lesson um, that you learned for someone that grew up in two different cultures? I think a big lesson that I learned having two different, well, parents with such different backgrounds is that there are always people who are really different to you, no matter if it's appearance or their, the language they speak or the, the culture that they have. But I feel like you just always have to understand that the respect for another person is important because, and you don't have, you shouldn't judge them based on the first look that you see them. Um, yeah. A lot of times that people with who speak multiple languages, they and they're speaking their second language. People think they're less smart than they are because of the way they sound. But in fact, they just they were speaking their second language to you. You know, you should always res- so you should always respect people no matter like what kind of their background is. Exactly their backgrounds. Thank you so much for that. And now I guess let's proceed to our game. So this game is what we call Guess the Rice, because, you know, you're the rice queen. Okay. So since you like rice so much, we will quiz you on everything about rice. The game is called Guess the Rice. 
wherein you will guess from which country these popular rice dishes are from. <laughs> oh, I'm scared. Are you ready for that? Everyone knows I like. <laughs> no, I'm scared because everyone knows I like white rice. I don't really care about the other one. So let's see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start with okay, nasi goreng. Okay, Indonesia. Well done. That's correct. I Next love that one. Risotto. Risotto. Italy. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Next. You know, I'm just giving you the easy ones first. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Española is from Spain. Yes. Okay. Now we're gonna get to the slightly harder ones. <laughs> oh no. Biryani. Ah, I love that one. India. Oh, damn. I didn't know that one actually when I first read it. <laughs> okay, this one, champurado. Champurado. Oh, I've not heard of this one, but should I guess? Should I guess Mexico? Mm, not quite. Oh, is it the Philippines? Yes. Because <laughs> I realize it sounds like Spanish, but I don't know that word. And Tagalog is quite similar, so I was like, could be, could be that. Yes, exactly. Because I'm Philippines. We we were colonized by the Spanish for I think three hundred mm. plus years. So in the Philippines, there's a lot of um, words, or in Tagalog rather, there are a lot of Filipino. There are a lot of Tagalog words that are actually Spanish. Okay, let's wrap it up. Very easy ones. Hokkien fried rice. <laughs> hmm, I wonder where that could be from. Um, Fukin's hao fan. Yes, Fukin's hao fan. That's from the Chinese one. Fukin, yeah. Yep. All right, and the last one is riole. Oh. What is that? Riole. Um, Am I saying it right? Riole. <laughs> oh, th- that's that's French, right? Okay, I did not get that the first time. <laughs> oh my god, did are I say s- that wrong? <laughs> are you saying oh milk, the milk one? Is it riole? L a i t that one. R i z, a u l a i t. Yeah. Yeah, it's the milk. I think it's milk pudding, like a rice milk pudding. Right? Yeah, it's a dessert based on rice. It's a French yeah. dessert based he, on rice. He, <laughs> no, the second Man. time you did it was really good. Yeah. He, he ole, the first he time ole. I was like, what is he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I, I, I did it. Yes, well done. Well done. You got pretty much everything <laughs> correct, you. actually. Well done, well Phew. done. So what is your message to individuals like you who come from a multicultural background, a third culture kid, per se? Um, my message to all the third culture kids out there is that, yes, you're unique. Yes, you're different. Embrace that and don't care what anyone else thinks. Yes, yes, I love that. I love okay. that. Okay, but before you go, one last question. What's next for okay. J. Lu? What's next... I just want to keep pumping out content that people enjoy, but I think I am going to, I mean, I mean, I know um, that I'm going to start up my Rice Time merch again and another exciting endeavor that you'll just have to stay tuned. Mm, Love it. I can't wait for that. 
Once again, thank you for being here and I'm sure a lot of third culture kids out there or people who grew up in a multicultural households are inspired by your journey and so yeah, I guess that's it for today folks. Thank you so much for joining us today and this has been Richard Juan for your dose of Inspiration.